still see that. Hi! Hi. Oh my gosh, special guest <laughs> today for what your friends won't tell you. So will you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm <laughs> Hannah Thompson. I, we look a lot of like, okay, I'm sure <laughs> you can tell. Because, yeah, it is yeah. Shannon's daughter, Hannah, yeah. and um, who is a student at the University of Florida. What year are you? Going into sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay, mm -hmm. so, and you're what? 19? Turning 19 next month. Yes. Oh, okay, so happy early birthday. So we wanted to have um, Hannah on here to kind of talk about some of the issues that come up for her generation, the, you know, the younger generation, because I think we've been talking a lot of top about a lot of topics that impact us. Yes. Um, but she wanted to talk about a topic that I think impacts everyone, mm -hmm. and that is social media. It's yes. certainly, I think, harder on, um, on young, young people because um, that's all you guys knew. Um, I didn't grow up with social media. You right. didn't grow up with social no. media. My phone was this big. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have a phone in college. I mean, we wow. didn't even have cell phones in college. Mm -hmm. We were like picking up the phone and, you know, that was the only way to get in touch with people and to connect with people. Right. Yeah. It's right. very different now. So Hannah, let's just talk about, first of all, what are some of the issues that come up with you with social media? Well, for starters, there you develop an addiction to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and you read online that the, all this dopamine is being released when you're scrolling and liking. And, you know, the first thing I want to do in the morning is spend an hour on social media, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling right. through Snapchat. So you feel kind of dependent on it. Mm -hmm. um, and I hate that feeling of, like, that craving for, you know, mindless scrolling. Right. Mm -hmm. What is that? I mean, it really is. It does... It well, it lights up, you know, it, from a psychological perspective. Well, yeah, it lights up, you know, just like heroin lights up, you know, if they put mm -hmm. electrodes, it lights up part of the brain. Falling in love produces serotonin, norepinephrine, lights up a certain part of the brain. There, I'm sure if they put electrodes, it's lighting up part of that brain, just like any other addiction, just like any chemical, alcohol, drugs, whatever. And so once that part of the brain lights up, you always want to light that part of the brain up because it makes you feel good, right? right? Yeah. So then you get, then, then remember, addiction is obsessions and compulsions. You obsessively think about it when you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. You have compulsive behaviors. You wake up in the morning. That's a compulsive behavior. I wake up, I roll over. Some people roll over and smoke a joint. <laughs> Other people roll over and pick up their phone. You know what I mean? Like more you're more likely that. rolling over and picking, picking up, up their phone. phone. Oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah. And we all do it. Sure. I mean, it's not just your generation. We all do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, it was interesting. We were talking before we started this video, and she said, the, the, the strange thing about social media is there's so much good yeah. to social media. So it's truly a double-edged sword, mm -hmm. and I think that's what makes it so hard to kick. You know, like, we have all these negative effects of, you know, it lowers your self-esteem, it makes you feel more isolated and lonely and depressed, but then, you know, the easy solution is just delete it. Delete the app, just be done with it. Yeah. You delete it, and then you lose all the positives of social media, which is inclusion and feeling like you're a part of a community and connected, and, mm -hmm. and it's... It's very strange because I know a lot of my friends will delete it and then they'll feel like lost and completely out of the loop. Right. And isolated mm -hmm. and alone. Exactly. And so it's this cycle of like, right. you know, and, and honestly, I think it's just the fear of missing out. Like FOMO. Yeah. FOMO. FOMO. <laughs> I have a lot of FOMO in my life, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. You know, my friends would be posting pictures on Instagram. I didn't have Instagram for like a year. Mm -hmm. I tried to do like a whole like year cleanse. And all my friends were making me feel bad. They're like, oh, I wish we could tag you in this post, but you don't have Instagram. And, you know? And, shaming. Like, yeah. FOMO shaming. Yes, totally. Right. And it was really hard. Yeah. Eventually, I caved and I got it again because I 
you know, that was interesting because when I went on the week long, I did a week, mm -hmm. I didn't do a year. I mean, but I did a week long, you know, no social media, no phone. And I did, I, I missed that connection. Mm -hmm. I missed that connection because every morning when I'm on the air, I'm talking to people via Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, yeah. connecting with people on Facebook and posting stuff on Instagram and people are responding. And it's a connection for me. Totally. So I really do understand like, if you really do want that connection. But then what just came up for me when you were saying that is knowing that that one person that says, Suzanne, you're this, this, and this, mm -hmm. and attacks you viciously because right. of one sentence that you say, and then that's a bit of a spiral. Sometimes right. it can be. It is. Yeah. It is. Right? It used to be. I've gotten really good at sort of desensitizing myself to those comments right. and really good at blocking people. But imagine if you're 16, 17, yes. 18, 19. And that really takes a toll on your self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever experienced any of that? Uh, no, not like trolls or, yeah. you know, people, you know, saying degrading things. Um, but I have felt, you know, there's this... This thing where, I mean, it's become like an internet sensation of like, if your photo doesn't get enough likes, you know, take it down. Yeah, and what is that about? Yeah. Like, what's the what's the threshold that you have to meet in order to keep it up? It's like well, 100 <laughs> likes or something, everybody right? Everybody has their own personal best on Instagram. Right. But if you don't feel that validation and acceptance from your peers, you completely devalue something that you may have really liked. You know, you may have really liked how you looked in that picture, but didn't get the likes, so you delete it. You know, yeah. I've deleted so many pictures off my Snapchat, off my Instagram. And you know, so finally someone called me out on it. A guy I really liked was really cute. <laughs> and, you know, I posted this like bold. You know who you are. <laughs> well, I posted this bold selfie on my Snapchat, and then I didn't get a lot of views, mm -hmm. and so I started to feel self-conscious, and I took it down. And I replaced it with like a little half-face photo, right? Mm -hmm. Something a little bit more like meek. And he comments, he's like, "Why'd you take down the bold selfie and replace it with like half your face?" He's like, "What was that about?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh." Wow. Oh my God, like he called me on it. Yeah. I've really like, I mean, it's just this fear that you're not accepted or you're trying too hard or, right. or you make up things in your head. And I remember, I'm so glad you went here because I was going to say it if you didn't, because mm -hmm. I'll never forget the day that she came out of her room and she's like, God, I only got, you know, 72 likes. I'm going to get rid of this. And I'm, and I, it, mm -hmm. you know, from our gender, I was yes. like dumbfounded. I'm like, first of all, it's a gorgeous picture. You're a gorgeous girl. But because mm -hmm. 800 people didn't push the button, mm -hmm. you now feel ugly, feel like the picture was bad, feel mm -hmm. like you're trying, like, we ascribe all this stuff to what yeah. it we means. We put all of it on others. Yeah. And, and, and what it meant for me is that I just was in a hurry and I didn't even hit the button. Right. Exactly. Right? right? But what it meant for you is you're ugly, you, you know, yeah, you're trying you're too hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was arrogant of you to be, like, leaning right. forward. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, what right. we do to ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Powerful. You know, as a parent, I really struggle with this because... I, I understand social media. I think a lot of parents maybe don't. Um, what advice would you give to parents that especially of like, like my child's age, like 12. And may I dovetail on that question? Yes. Because I know how she was raised. What advice would you give to parents and what impact did it have that I didn't allow you to go on it until you were in high school. Cause you went on it very late because I, I blocked it. Oh. So what mm -hmm. do you think that was a positive? Cause I'm hearing you now self-regulating and I'm yeah. wondering, are you better and more aware of the self-regulation and more aware of how you respond to the life because you didn't start until you were about 16? Yeah, right. I think it was or, a, I got on Snapchat at like 13 or 14. But Facebook was like sophomore oh, year and you got bullied into it because you were missing something like yeah. classes. So that the question being, yeah. what advice would you give to parents and is it a positive or negative effect to how young them, you are on right, it? Or to keep them off of it. Yes. Right. Well, 
I mean, yeah, I feel like the younger kids, like, I mean, eight or nine, like, they're so impressionable. I feel like that's really, but, I mean, I can't even speak for this upcoming generation because, you know, for me, for our generation, it was like, to you mind, it was, you know, fairly new and exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, for these nine or ten-year-olds, like, everyone's got it. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know if I would prohibit them because mm -hmm. then, you know, they feel like they're, you know, left, left out. out and like, like everyone else is on it. Right. I would just really talk to them about it, talk to them about the effects of it and how to, you know, how to regulate it. And like, I mean, even if they're young enough, like screen time and like, like pulling the plug a little bit. Um, do you think that you were, do you think you were mature enough before 16 to handle some of what yeah, came back your way? Totally. So how old do you think is mature enough to handle that barrage of negativity that could come or not getting enough likes or those kinds of things so that yeah. it wouldn't really affect your self-esteem? That's a hard one. <laughs> I think what she's saying is, and from what, from what I hear you saying is, m make sure every kid is different. Every kid's different. But yeah. I think the important part is not just giving them a Snapchat or a mm -hmm. Facebook or an Instagram but account, talking but talking to them about that and, and watching what, the effects. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. the responsibility is, you know, what what you expect from them on social media, yeah, what they should expect, what they should mm -hmm. expect, how to handle that negative criticism. You know, it's interesting because I read a study the other day about this, and it was specifically saying you know, what age is the age that you should allow your kids on social media? And they found that the age didn't matter. Mm -hmm. What mattered wow. was whether parents had a conversation mm -hmm. with those children about the effects, the negative effects yeah. of social media, how it could impact them, how to, you know, be careful of people yeah. that you meet on social media, that kind of thing. So I think it wasn't necessarily the age, yeah. it was more how the parents handled it the when they did yeah. give yeah. them social media. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, I wanna talk a little bit about, cause you have been talking about self-regulating, which I think is so important mm -hmm. because I notice my daughter scroll, 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 scroll. And it's not just my daughter, it's me too, yeah. you know? So what do you do to, to kind of self-regulate? I really so, like the one <laughs> idea. So I curated this, you know, technique because mm -hmm. I had just been going cold turkey, just deleting it completely. Your account altogether? Altogether. Like okay. my account I deleted completely, which, you know, didn't work for me because I felt super isolated. So the thing that I kind of came up with is just deleting the app because you can easily re-download that app, mm -hmm. but it kind of takes away the instant gratification factor. So if I feel myself compulsively go to my phone, I'm like, oh my God, it's not there. So then I have to evaluate, is this a time that I really want to be scrolling through social media? Mm -hmm. Could I be connecting with other people? Could I be doing something more productive? And there are, in fact, times, you know, I'm waiting in the line at Chick-fil-A and I'm like wanting to scroll and I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah I can, I can sure. waste this time where I'm in, at a doctor's office, you know, but it really makes you stop and think. Mm -hmm. So it becomes less of a compulsion and more of an active choice of this is what I want to do with my time now. That's very interesting. I had a girlfriend that did the same thing with the Facebook app because she mm -hmm. was she said I was just getting crazy, like at stoplights. I would be going through my Facebook news feed. And, and you like, shouldn't do that? <laughs> the, okay. I don't know, therapist. <laughs> I'm thinking probably not. <laughs> but she said it was it was getting 
she felt it was out making her crazy. She felt yeah. out of control. She felt out of control. And so she said, I deleted the app from my phone. I could still go on my computer mm -hmm. and look at my Facebook when I, mm -hmm. you know, when I was home or if I really wanted to, I could yes. go through um, the Safari app, yeah. you know, go, go online, but then you have to log in. So it's, mm -hmm. re it's evaluating. It's not easy. It's mm -hmm. not, you take the, yeah. the accessibility out of it. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy too is I feel like it's become... I guess a crutch, but I feel like it's become like an anxiety reducer yeah, for yeah. especially a lot of teens. You know, I experienced that. Like just the scrolling mm -hmm. is so like comforting mm -hmm. and it becomes like this, you know, comfort that you, you try to, and it's right in your pocket. So a lot of times like I'll go to like parties or social, you know, interactions like, you know, where kids get anxious and then they just pull out their phones. Like you've all, we've seen it. Like, is that a good coping mechanism, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that what we're looking at here as a, over all these generations is the losing of the ability to connect in a mm -hmm. way that can really soothe your anxiety. Like yeah. if I'm at a party and I look around and everybody is not interested in me, then I pull out my phone. Now I've sealed the deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now anybody who was going to come chat with me is not going to do it. Right. So then you come home, it's like self-perpetuating you know, or self-fulfilled prophecy. Then you come home and you go, nobody talked to me at the party. Really? <laughs> Whereas when I didn't have a phone, we didn't have phones at UF, so we'd be in the corner and then we'd be like, oh my God, I think that girl's in my English class. Mm -hmm. And you walk over and you go, hey, aren't you in? Right. Oh my gosh, you look familiar. And then she introduces you to her three friends and now you've got a real community right. that is reducing your anxiety. I mean, that's in a perfect world. I guess right. you could be rejected, but more often than not, once you make that eye contact or when you make that statement, then you can connect with people where I, I'm blown away. I go to doctor's offices and my family will validate this. I'm a bit of a chatter. And I but like you're to my like, mom. You're, my like mom to talks talk, to everybody. I talk to everybody. Talks to everybody. I'm like sissy. Yeah, I talk to everybody. But the problem is, you know, so I'm going to doctor's office. Everybody's like this. And so then you can't connect. And a lot of times I will purposely leave my phone and just wait for that moment where there's eye contact. And some people don't want to be bothered and yeah. I get that. But sometimes they'll look and then they'll, they'll be like, oh, you know, I like your shirt. Where did you get it? Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. And I know before phones, you know, your father used to make fun of me. But, <laughs> I mean, on planes, I was on one plane trip to Philadelphia. And on the way up, I found my best friend, her husband, because I sat next to him and chatted him up from the minute he sat down. And they're married yeah. now 20 years. And on the way home, I got us Dolphin tickets to the Miami game. Mm -hmm. Because the girl sitting next to me was, like, beautiful. She was so intimidating. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be so uncomfortable if I don't befriend her because she's right. a supermodel. <laughs> and we became buddies. And by the time we got home, she's like, my husband's got tickets. They invited us to a game. Yeah. Dad and I went to the game. Like, so even though he makes fun of me and people make fun of me for talking to everybody, look yeah. at those two connections. I mean, literally my best friend is married to this guy 20 years that I met on a plane. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these kinds of connections, I feel like we miss. Yeah. Like and, and you know, the same thing we, we were talking about this, you know, if you're single and if you're, you know, how many times are you on your phone and missing that opportunity well, of that? another issue. That, <laughs> that, that, you know, it's an entirely different issue. Now you know, you're, in, yeah. you're in the grocery line and you're on your phone, but there's mm -hmm. a cute guy right ahead of you. Why don't you yep. start talking to him? Yeah. You know? Well, the issue now is that we're using our phones to make those connections with, right. you know, people we're interested in. We're using Tinder and Bumble and, you know, it's just interesting. This it's a different. Yeah. Do you think it's better or worse? Ah, uh, I mean, I it's a personal preference again. I think that I would want something to happen organically, mm -hmm. and I get kind of intimidated by that. Yeah. And the expectations that come with a Tinder date or like a you know like there's just there's a lot of um, pressure pressure yeah. attached to that. 
as opposed to something that just happens naturally and just kind of evolves into what it evolves into. Like when you're, you know, matched on a date, like you don't know what that person's expecting. You don't know them. It's just a different world. Some people love it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's makes people more accessible, but it's just interesting. I find that the technology in and of itself is extremely anxiety producing to my generation mm-hmm. because somebody was saying the other day, like you mentioned the other day, you, you know, you're going out of town, you might have to go study when you're out of town. You'll just get an Uber. When I was <laughs> growing up, I was not allowed to ride with people that my mom hadn't met 11 oh. times. Oh, right. Knew yeah. what kind of driver they were, right. like knew their background, met their family right. and knew they were driving a safe car and they've been right. driving for at least two years. And now yeah. we're putting our kids in strangers' cars. <laughs> with the anxiety like for me that increases my anxiety in some ways but then yet now you guys are not drinking and driving so that's a positive there's always it's interesting with technology this thing where this double-edged sword and I know even you know not gonna pick on you but like inappropriate things that happen on social media so it's great at connecting people but then it's also Mm -hmm. some inappropriate people teachers whatever can use it in a negative way and it's just like it's very interesting, I mean, this double-edged sword. Yeah. And she was talking earlier about, you know, the Instagram models, you know, which mm. people are now claiming to be regular people, <laughs> but their posts are clearly not regular. I no. mean, with the perfect bodies and, you know, mm-hmm. the perfect hair and the perfect makeup and the perfect photo taken by the perfect photographer, mm. you know, yeah. and it's not real. Yeah, yeah. And then it is their job to look good. Right. Like that is literally what they're getting paid for. Right. And yeah. So. You know, I find interesting too, my daughter has been doing this, which I had a, had to have a conversation with her about was um, posting things, um, for instance, like giveaways and, and those kind of things like, like that were, you know, they're just meant to be spread and mm-hmm. not maybe not necessarily giveaways, but um for instance, there was this thing. If you don't post this, copy and paste it in your Insta story, you know, your mom's going to die. Bad things Your gonna mom's going to die in a car yeah. accident. We used to call them And so chain my letters. daughter was posting those things, and I'm like, like mm. that's that's not real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not nice. They right. used to call them chain letters. Do you yeah. remember yes, chain letters? I do. In our day, we would get a letter right. in the yes. mail, and it would say you have to make copies and send it to 10 20 people. people. Oh 20 people. Or you're going to die, or, yeah. or if you do it, then you'll be rich, or something bad right. could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to throw those out too it made right. me mad you know they, yeah. Yeah. And, and now they're chain messages they're chain right. messages mm-hmm. yes yeah, very interesting well anything else that comes up for you with social media I mean this is really eye opening I love yeah. that we brought we're gonna bring you in all the time yeah. <laughs> well I think we'll I'll be scooted out <laughs> we'll be like okay 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 <laughs> super cool is the like, meme culture right. which you know our generation is obsessed with memes, memes and, and gif. gifs and like yeah. oh my god i do meme. not know what a gif is i have okay. to just be honest it's the... i was so excited that i knew what a meme was <laughs> yeah. and then... it's like a it's like a like a little short video but it yeah. like repeats like the motion oh god and yeah. then it has like a, a you yeah. know something yeah. you should something, says something like shut up or <laughs> Meme culture has become like a basis of connection. I feel like for my you know age group, you know, right. we'll be out with my friends and we'll reference a meme and it just like fits perfectly in the conversation and you form like
like it's like kind of low-key it's been like the foundation of one of my friendships you know right. it's just tagging each other in memes, memes. and yeah. and I mean I, I have seen nothing wrong with that yeah. so you know that's kind of like the, and it's funny yeah there's a guy I follow on Instagram it's called yogi memes mm-hmm. and all of the all of the memes are about yogi about yoga and right. I just crack up now right. if you're not yeah. a yogi you probably don't get half right. of them right but um but totally. I really find them funny it's funny. just really unifying it is yeah so there's Sorry, good Memes. <laughs> you know, I, I think this is interesting. This just came up for me, and Shannon, you can probably talk about this too, is, you know, we always think, at, at, you know, when we get to, you know, our 30s or our 40s or we have children, we always think that generation mm. is totally screwed up. Yeah. You know, they are like, they're horrible. They've mm. got, they're all addicted to their phones. Mm. They're never going to do anything with their lives, yes. you know. And so we always say that about the generation, about the generation mm-hmm. before us or our children's generation. But I really think like every every generation has That's their the thing. thing. And if you yeah. were placed in the same circumstances, you right. probably wouldn't have acted any differently. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I have to use this opportunity to stand corrected because I'm sure I've been like millennial. You know? <laughs> but the reality is what we saw with the... Um, the shooting at the high school in mm-hmm. Parkland. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about some fierce individuals yes. who fought for what they believed right. in, rallied, went to Washington, and used social media to spread things, to make things yeah. go viral, to get to a million, billion people all at once. So I think it just what you're saying is the absolute truth that we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. But this group of individuals is fierce, and they use that double-edged sword. They're smart, and they use the tools. And unfortunately, those tools are also used with the porn epidemic and things like that in in a negative way. But given the right avenues, these individuals are fierce, and they're every bit as smart, if not smarter, than we were. Mm -hmm. And they use (laughs) these means to make a difference, Mm -hmm. and it's impressive. And and they grew up with instant gratification. Absolutely. You want something, you You have it it. immediately, you know? in this day and age mm-hmm. it's like you get things I mean Amazon I, I yeah. order something I have yeah. it the next yes. day um, so I think that is a beautiful thing even though it sounds oh instant gratification when that is a beautiful thing when you're trying to get something Change. done to me right. done today. I want you yeah. Yeah. Oh, no you're telling me today. you're telling me that Congress I have to wait you know yeah. to get it through committee yeah. and through the right. house, you know and all this stuff like they're like oh no yeah. we're gonna get this done we're tomorrow going right now. exactly yeah, yeah. so yes. that is um, that's impressive is the yeah. beautiful thing about yes. it. Very proud of them. Well, Hannah, this was very eye-opening. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thanks joining for us. Me. If you have any questions for Hannah, you can leave them yeah. in the comments section. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, don't forget, we're on podcast. So you're on podcast. You're on the What Your Friends oh, wow. Won't Tell You podcast. <laughs> yes. You can listen to us. Um, just search What Your Friends Won't Tell You mm-hmm. in your search engine mm-hmm. on your podcast, on iTunes, Google Play, all the different ones. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And and if Hannah would be willing, you know, she's here with us a few more weeks. So if there's a topic, if you are 19 <laughs> and you want and Hannah, you to, want talk Hannah to talk about something, yeah. oh we would gosh. love that. And I'm sure she you would too. <laughs> An official member of the What Your Friends Won't Tell You team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't forget to give us your show topics. And if you have any uh, topics you want Hannah to talk about, please let us know. And um, we'll see you back here next week. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.